We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. <clears throat> that reminds me of a song. And I really want to sing it. And it's something about my heavenly Father watches over me. But the good news is I can't remember it. <laughs> the truth is, he does. Isn't it amazing? Two very different stories uh, that we've just heard. But come down to the fact that he watches over us. Uh, I wonder why. It's just a manifestation, just a token of his love that he watches over us. Uh, nobody makes him. Uh, he's not like committed to it by some edict other than by his own decision, an act of his own will. He decided to set his love upon us. So whether we look back over the past or whether we peer into the future, the fact is still the same. He watches over us and he's got our best interests at heart. But not as somebody who um, has some kind of uh, important specimen. It's somebody who loves us so much that it's not let me look up the list of things I must do. It comes out of his heart. He loves us. And we love him because he first loved us. I have this uh, kind of dual sense of great gratitude for God, what he's doing, the things that he's given us to be involved in, to do, uh, over long period of time and the things which he's doing amongst us day by day and week by week the kind of things that we've just been hearing about and declaring I don't ever want to lose that sense of gratitude neither do I want to rest here because the second thing that I have uh, is a growing thing that, that God has something, something more for us more of his presence, more of his love, more experience in him, more demonstration of his power. So we're not resting here because God has engraved in our spirits. Blessed is he whose heart is set on pilgrimage. So we go, we've got a great sense of gratefulness and thankfulness, the goodness of God. And at the same time, this is not it. Uh, that was the title of Bob Geldof's book Is This It? Uh, I don't think he had a very positive answer to it God is with us and I want to share some thoughts with you for a little while this morning following on from last week and uh, I'll recap a bit from last week not because particularly we need to remember it, but the things that we're talking about are central to understanding where we stand in him. 
So we talked, we began to talk last week about preparing for the presence of God, more of the presence of God, more of what he's got for us, where he's taking us. This is, this is not it. We thank God. I mean, just, you know, to pause for a moment and think of the doors that God is opening up to us, both into the community, into the needs of the world around us, into the lives of individuals, into our lives. I mean, it's, it, it, it's pretty staggering. Well, we don't get very staggered about it. We just say, oh, yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, other people that come amongst us or visit us, they get more staggered about it, but, you know, we, we take our excitement very calmly um, and we don't get too excited about anything because that's our nature, isn't it? Yeah, you just keep going and yeah, yeah, that's it. Sometimes we can't help ourselves. Sometimes it just bubbles over. And we just have to find some expression somehow. And it causes a little sort of hallelujah to kind of seep out of us. And sometimes it goes a little bit more. <clears throat> Not often, because we're English. Well, we have that disease, some of us. So... Talking about presence, we defined it as a God consciousness or awareness that is not just an intellectual thing, but it touches our very being, touches our spirit. And we're encouraged by the promise that he says, uh, if you draw near to me, this is James 4 verse 8, I will draw near to you. That's a promise of God. That's what he's going to do. And that awareness or closeness, awareness of the closeness of his promise is what we're looking uh, for more and more of. So we, we started off from a foundation, and I just want to recap shortly on this, uh, that Jesus, uh, on the cross, paid our debt. Uh, and that if we're in Christ, if we submit our lives to him, to his rule, he's forgiven our sin, and it basically means, as far as he's concerned, the verdict is we're okay. Uh, we don't need outward approval. We don't need um, acclamation of others because we're okay in him. And nothing can change that. We have the phrase, the praise of the most praiseworthy. God is positive about us. It's, it's okay to pause for a moment. <clears throat> God is a little bit more expressive than we are. Yeah, you're all right. Yeah, you'll, you'll get past. I mean, what does it say? He rejoices over us? I, mean, I, I want to be more like God. Yeah? I know you feel there's a long way for me to go to get there, but I'm on a journey. Uh, rejoicing over us with singing. I mean, it, it, it has the feel of somebody who loves very much and enjoys being together. The praise of the most praiseworthy. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 3 <clears throat> talks about being known by him. We are noticed. He is aware of us. 
we have that recognition as we submit to him. Tremendous heritage, a great salvation. We found that his power through his weakness, isn't it amazing? The cross was him submitting, surrendering to what he needed to do. He could have been strong, but he submitted to that. And likewise, we're weak in him, and yet by God's power, we live with him to serve you. The presence of God is expressed as we serve one another. Then we had a look <coughs> at how this thing happens. And I want to come back to that because I feel that there's more in the experience of this uh, for many people amongst us, if not for all of us. We said, we looked at the book of Acts and we were looking at yeah, the first and second chapter. And in the second chapter, uh, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, um, you find that uh, Peter, uh, an untrained, unlearned fisherman, has an amazing anointing and a grasp of the scriptures, an ability to, to speak and to present uh, in just an amazing way that had to be the power of God, the Holy Spirit, upon him. And as he speaks, it says the people um, were cut to the heart. And I suggest, what I suggested last week, and I want to come back to it again, that that is something... This is not a kind of um, invitation to a personal improvement program. Yes, we decide, we choose to believe that there was this man, Jesus, who walked this earth, who was crucified and raised again from the dead. That's the choice. God empowers us to be able to believe that. We can't believe that because the logical process will not take us there. But that's part of the miracle power of God that enables us. We choose. If you like, that's the intellectual bit. But there's something, there's a transaction that if you've not experienced it, it's part of what God has got for you. And in the Bible it talks, they were cut to the heart. Something happened that was beyond words. It led them into a place of coming to know him, in a place of repentance, a place of turning from anything else. We said, it was like when Jesus looked at Peter. And that look that said, I know you've broken the rules, I know you've sinned, but I know what you know, that you're wrong. That was one thing. But there was this other thing. Peter came into that realisation. It was another thing altogether to know that you've broken the heart of the one that loves you. And that is beyond an emotional thing. It involves emotion. It involves every part of our being. But it's that, that point of going beyond this is just a kind of doctrine or a belief or it's into an experience of something that is transforming uh, and we sung last week about that that his lovers melted our heart 
like so many of these things, not easy to describe, better to be experienced. There are some things that you have to simply experience. No description will ever be sufficient. And what God invites us to is an unfolding, increasing experience of his presence and the reality of his love. You've got to experience it to know it. I could stand here all day trying to describe it and it would fall short of what God has for us. And so we see that there's a, a tremendous salvation, a love, something that God has brought us into and then we ask the question, what's next? Because God is a God that's changing, a God that's delivering, a God that's taking us from one degree of glory to another. And we looked um, at the pattern that we've got in the story of the New Testament church starting and looked at a couple of things. They were all joined together constantly in prayer. Uh, because we don't just want a new life. A new life is wonderful, but God has planned that it's a life that we live with unfolding understanding and increase in knowing more and more of his love and enjoying it more. This is not a kind of dirge that we've got to follow. This is not a kind of marathon that we've got to keep going. This is basically his joy being shared into us so it's something that we can actually enjoy. Um, yeah, he kind of loves us. And, uh, you know, some of you have experienced love in this world. You know, natural love. You know, maybe now you've got somebody who loves you. It's nice, isn't it? You've got someone who loves you out? Quite close, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look how it makes you smile just thinking of it. Yeah, yeah. But the love of God himself has something for us to enjoy, to revel in, to understand more about, to experience more of it. And one of the ways in which he helps us when we say, what's next, Lord? Well, they all joined together constantly in prayer. They were, according to the... Uh, Acts chapter 2, they were all together in one place, one accord. There was a place of unity and oneness. And then God gave them the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit given so that the miracle ministry of Jesus will continue even after he descended. He, it was his promise. He said, yeah, I'm going, but I'm going to give you the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And so that's what he did. And that's what we have today that ability to speak to him in a, in a heavenly language and the gift of tongues language given that we can express things which are rising up from within us Bible talks like springs of living water springing up from our innermost being where well, we want his presence we love his presence. See, his presence makes, makes somehow real in the heart what we might know or hear or accept in the head. 
It, it takes us into that new dimension. In the same way as I'm saying it's not a, an intellectual or mental ascent, there is that part where we can make a decision because he's given us that gift of will to make a decision, but it's then that have you experienced that. I don't want you to, to kind of try and uh, trudge along and be good and do well and try and be faithful. See, it's like the engine inside, that heart that, that yearns and, uh, and longs for that God is wanting you to have as he melts your heart and touches us and we enjoy what he's, what he's doing. And of course, it releases his power um, to evangelize and see, uh, see what, he's, what he means by confirming his word with signs following. So let's have a little look at the, the evidence of his presence. I think that might be good to do. We didn't really get to much of that last week. We only just began to touch on it. First thing, it's not restricted to meetings like this or any meetings. Presence of God, yes, when we gather together in his name, he promises to be present. There's no, no question about it. But he doesn't limit that to this format. Uh, and he doesn't make that that is the only point. There's a particular place of when we come together to worship him. I think it's a very, very key thing that there's what we call a connection point. In the story of Gideon, um, it was a very interesting thing. He's in a very desperate situation. And, and yet, there's a connection point. It says the angel of the Lord came down and sat uh, under the oak offerer. That for him, for Gideon, was a connection point. He wasn't in a good place. And it was the angel of the Lord came to where he was. But somehow, somewhere there was a connection point. It's a good thing to value our connection point. Now, for some, a connection point may be a meeting, it may be a person, it may be being honest, it may be reading a certain thing, it may be uh, in prayer, but the, we need to use the connection points. You know, it's, it's great you know, having all this electronic you know, funny stuff here, but without a connection point, it's useless. We need that. God provides connection point. So here's my question. What is your connection point? What is it you have to turn off or turn on to fulfill the effectiveness of that connection point so that you might connect into what God's next, got next for you? Really quite an important thing. Then we see in the New Testament, uh, in, the, in the story that we're looking at to help us understand how these things are, that the people that um, God poured out his spirit upon were from all sorts of language and culture and background. And I think we learn from that, this is not about changing our culture. This is about something beyond that's culture. 
It's not about becoming a particular kind of Christian type of people or religious type of people. This is not a cultural thing. This is way beyond this. This is something that, that goes way over different cultures. And there can be, therefore, many different expressions. It says uh, that people felt they were drunk. Um, from that, we can understand, well, they seem to be enjoying themselves. Um, I mean, you know, there was a measure of, of, of joy in the thing. Uh, there was a measure that seemed to be, just think about it, um, something that is beyond the normal, something that, like a, a force that, that had taken them into a, a different dimension. Yeah, I, I know we don't want to kind of allude too much to the drunkenness thing, but I'm looking at why they thought that. They weren't drunk, but what was it? And I'm suggesting that in the presence of God, in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there was considerable joy. Hmm? That all right? Little bit of joy? Not too much. We're very serious. It was something that seemed to take them beyond themselves. They were outside of themselves. There was something that couldn't be contained in the normal way and pattern of life. Oh, I like the thought of that. Something beyond and more, the presence of God taking us outside of the limitations of culture or natural being into expressions that go beyond uninhibited, obsessed with the gospel. And the word of God came alive. And Peter's preaching stuff. I don't know where he got it from other than that the spirit of God came upon him. Evidence of the presence. <clears throat> I think I mentioned last week about the very opposite of that. God's presence in utter silence. Probably one of the most amazing experiences I ever had was God in the silence in a room. I think there was one other person in the room. I can remember it a number of years ago as though it was yesterday. Wow. See, God is God. We can't tie God down to one particular way or one particular thing. You know, I am not a great lover of the M25. Okay when it's just me. But when I've got to share it with millions of others that all want to go where I'm going, I had a little thing came to me. So I can't remember now, a year or so ago. Can we know the presence of God in the traffic jam on the M25? I thought, yes. And lo and behold, the presence of God. On the M25, I can't think of a less hospitable place. <laughs> and what happened when that woman that had the hemorrhage touched the hem of his garment and power went out of him? 
See, that, that's different to a meeting. That's different to the silence. That's different to the M25. That's somebody reaching out and suddenly seeing, whoo, I think, I, I don't know what she knew, but he knew that power had gone out of him. Some transaction took place at that point. She certainly got healed. So what are we talking about? The presence of God. A heightened awareness. A lifting of a veil so we can somehow see differently. Seeing beyond the immediate. A sightedness. A sightedness which helps us to, to see into the, the true heart of people and to see what God is doing in them. Sightedness so we don't just see people. That's Alan Vivian. I've known him since the beginning of time almost. Uh, but seeing something more than seeing God at work in them. The veil lifted. This is the presence of God taking us into a different realm. But it's what God is planning, has prepared and equipped us with. We need, don't we? We need more of the reality of his presence. It's not that he's any more or less here. It's us coming into that place of awareness with him. Lifting the veil so we can see differently. Loving one another more. I can honestly say I've never been refreshed in the presence of God, ever, without once I kind of moved on from that point, I just felt a whole new love for one another, for the brethren. I don't know, it does something to you. Because it's God's equipping it's God's heart. It's a little bit more of his power, of his spirit. You want to love like God wants us to love? You feel it's appropriate to love one another more? And all the manifestations of that, serving, caring, giving, all those things. Presence of God. Try it out. Anybody agree with me? Having been refreshed in the presence of God, emerged with a, you know? Yeah? Good. Good. I'm, I'm glad I'm not talking complete foreign language here. Oh, I got to try and love James more. Oh, dear. Thankfully, it's not Richard. God has not called us to trying harder. He's called us to receiving more of him. I can't help it. You can't help it. When you touch the presence of God, when you're refreshed in his presence, it has a profound effect. And it causes us to be more like him and to love in greater measure. Anybody kind of like the idea of seeing more of the
power of God, miracles of healing, salvation. Now, where do you think that desire came from? Do you think the devil sat down and said, you know what, I think I'll cause them to desire more of the manifestation of God on the earth? No. See, isn't it true that that desire is God at work in us? Because the Bible says it's God who works in us to create the desire as well as enable us to pursue what he wants. I, I, looking through this, reading Acts, time and time again, it was as there was manifestation of the supernatural power of God, people were turning to God. And we want that. Because Jesus rightfully deserves every single person because that's who he died for, as well as for us. I hope when we talked about serving a little while ago, a few weeks ago, I hope that didn't leave you, I suppose I'd best try and do something else. I suppose they want me to do more. I hope that didn't, didn't have that effect. If it did, please forgive us because it backfired. That wasn't what was intended. What's intended is that we're expanded and, and, and we grow as we serve. But this is what the Bible says. In the day of my power, my people will be willing. See, part of the power of God, the presence of God, and you, don't, you can't really separate the two things. You can't separate God into, into, into different bits. With his presence, we gain his power. With his presence, we gain something more of his character of love one for another. See, there's a desire and a willingness which comes in the day of his power, his presence, where people will be willing. Then you've got that personal experience. This is all evidence of the presence of God. I'm just wanting us to see that there are lots of different ways. It can't just be kind of put into one way of observing it or restricted to some meeting. And they're walking after the crucifixion of Jesus and a couple of the disciples are walking on the road to Emmaus. And Jesus draws alongside them and talks to them. They don't realise, they don't recognise. They're so probably so consumed with their own sense of grief and fear and what on earth is going to happen. And afterwards, when they realise, wait a minute, do you remember when he spoke? Did not our hearts kind of burn within us when he spoke? That's the presence of God. God says something and it has a, I don't know whether it, how to explain it, but it rises above and through anything else. Did not our hearts burn within us 
in the presence of God. Kadoing, kadoing, kadoing. Woof! What was that? Hmm. It might have that effect. It might just be something that, that just grips us and can't get away. I know you don't appreciate my songs. It has a slightly restrictive effect on me, not a lot. But when we are unshackled in his presence, you will enjoy. I've got some great songs to sing in heaven. Yeah. And you'll enjoy them so much. I think you might even say, oh, I wish we'd have listened more carefully on earth. On the other hand, it's not about regrets when you're in heaven, so. Yes. You shall receive power. Power to forgive. Power to love. Also, Romans 14, verse 17, joy, peace, and love. Anybody got too much joy? Can't stand anymore. Anybody got so much peace that it's a job to really wake up because you're just in peace. <laughs> what about too much love? It's an embarrassment. I just love everybody. You know, I just want to. I just want to serve him. I want to get hold of him and hug his head off. All right with him, but it's when you do it to the ticket collector. Yeah? <laughs> what about a little bit more what we call revelation? Not just knowledge, but when God illuminates something. Christ lives in me. You know, as we live in greater revelation, that's some of these things there. Oh, Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Transformed to Christ lives in me. The revelation. No longer I that lives, but he lives in me. See, the presence of God brings increased revelation. So that it's not knowing just about the truth. It's knowing the truth. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in my mortal body. And we didn't dwell in truth. Truth matters. Uh, Jamie sent me a, a YouTube thing. I have to, he sends me all these things and I have to uh, listen to him or watch him or whatever you do. And... Uh, then he has to explain to me what it was. I don't always understand. But this one I could understand. It was what I call um, secular prophets, prophets that haven't met with God. Uh, this was a, a dialogue between Candice Owens and Douglas Murray. And they were talking about truth. Truth being greater than agreement. We know about the value of truth in personal relationships, but what they concluded was how vital 
and how paramount truth was. Because we know that. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I am the way, the truth, and the life, is what Jesus said. So the vital necessity, that is an evidence of the Holy Spirit, truth. That's why I come back again. It has to be experienced. It can't be described. In Luke chapter 5, verse 17, it speaks about the power of the Lord present to heal. It's the presence again, present to heal. Power and presence can't be separated. Presence can lead into power because he is there. It's as simple as that. It causes us to go the second mile. Do more than what's required. Oh, I suppose I best do that as well. And they asked me to do this, but I suppose, you know, it's where I got to, I get on and do it. Taking advantage of me. Well, it, it, it kind of wipes all that out into going the second mile. It causes some problems as well. Well, it's only recorded there in the Bible. Do you remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira? It kind of raises the stakes. You can't sort of... I mean, they were in a heightened atmosphere of the power and the presence of God. And they were trying to pull a flanker. They were trying to deceive. And God made a, an example of them. Yeah, it, it, you know, the presence of God... Do you know what it does? Brings more of the fear of the Lord. And that's the beginning of wisdom. Really important. Mm. And then you see in the Acts of the Apostles, it's amazing, the giving and sending. So let's wind this up. We want more of the presence. Well, Psalm 24 verse 3 says this, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Okay, who shall come into the holy place of his presence? <laughs> that was holy music just entering your scene. <laughs> You want to hear this? If you're interested in more of the presence, you've got to hear this. Because there's certain requirements. It's stipulated in his word. We can't wipe it out. So it doesn't really apply to you. It doesn't really matter. It's required. Psalm 24. Clean hands, pure heart, not given over to vanity, not sworn deceitfully. I don't have time to open that up. Clean hands means about doing what's right. A pure heart means about thinking, being. Not having a smile on the outside. Love you, brother. Can't stand talking to you. you know? Not vanity. Well, vanity has many, many forms. It's mostly about me trying to look good. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I know what you just thought. Yeah, he's got to try harder. But <laughs> Sworn deceitfully. Mm. Affirm something which simply is not true. Saying something on the outside 
that's not true on the inside. No. So, we're back to James. Bless you, brother. What do I mean by that? It's just a word. Oh. Love you, brother. Well, okay, but you don't know what I'm needing at this moment in time. Not swearing, not affirming deceitfully. Understand that Jesus only ever did what the Father did. In Acts chapter 2 that we were looking at, it's, it's God's stuff, it's God initiated. We can't manufacture this. We can only look and see what he's doing. It was his timing. It's our waiting, our preparing, which is active, not passive, but we're dependent upon him. We saw the pattern, repent, be baptised and receive the Holy Spirit. It's about experiencing and exampling, leading by example. And it's there, the presence, the power, so we can carry on the miracle work of Jesus. So my question... Would you say that you share with me a desire for more of his presence? You agree that that hardly comes from the enemy. That's God at work in us. You see, God doesn't do this. He doesn't offer us something. I can't do it here. You watching? As we go out to, to reach it, he snatches it away. That's not the nature of God. If he creates that desire, so now our issue is to say, Lord, there are things here that we've looked at in your word which help us to prepare. Will you take us? Will you lead us into the next? And does it mean being prepared to adjust and change and cast aside some things, even familiar things, that we might have him, that we might know his presence, that we might receive what he's got as he takes us into the next stage for him? Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at Lifeline UK. Thank you.